You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Beast by Supremo for all of my people, Negroes and Latinos, and even the Gringos. Welcome, welcome everybody to episode 7 of Can We Talk? How y'all doing today? What's happening? Right. Good. We're, good. We're here with Aaron, we got Shane and Anthony. So what's, what happened this week with y'all? What's going on? Uh, nothing much for me, man. Just, uh, you know, on the 9 to 5 grind. You know, this is Anthony. Follow me at Reluctant Movie Buff on Instagram, all one word. Uh, nothing mm-hmm. other than that. Okay. What about you, Shane? Um, just nothing much. Like, uh, my niece was born on Friday. Nice. Um, just want to say, uh, congrats, uh, peace to, uh, the family of, uh, brother Dick Gregory. Mm, yeah. Passed last peace. night. Peace. Rest in peace. Peace to everybody that, um, who followed his work. Yeah. Sure. Huge loss. What about you, Aaron? I know we had a big weekend this, this, this big, past week. Big weekend, Dream Defer Project had our um, first Shark Tank here in the city for the youth. So that was that was real big. Um, amazing time seeing the youth um, show their businesses, mm-hmm. their new business ideas, and we're awarded some money from our organization. So that's, yeah, that's nice. huge. Follow me at um, DDP underscore AE. Hey, y'all got to tell you, I'm excited this week. We got to, oh, my, man, we have the big fight. Next weekend, are y'all gonna be watching it? Order paper. That's pieces? fixed, man. It's you know, fixed. you know Mayweather's gonna win. I don't you know, know what man. It is. I was looking at Conor McGregor, man. He has some hands. He's he's quick. <laughs> yeah, they all got hands. <laughs> they wouldn't be in the business if they didn't have hands. No, I'm kind of I'm kind of excited to see how that's gonna turn out. You know, you have you know Conor McGregor, who's an MMA fighter. He's not used to just solely boxing, and then you have one of the best boxers of all time. He's going against us. So that should be something. It's not gonna happen. I'm just telling you, Mayweather's gonna win. Uh, I don't know, man. You never know. Don't count him out, man. Did you see the the sparring match that he had with the one guy? He he knocked him out a couple of times, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, this week, man, we're gonna get into something that's that's pretty important. Um, you know, it's important in our everyday lives, and that's that's social media. And we're gonna look at this from a point, the vantage point of how it affects you know the mental health, especially the the, the kids that we. You know, some of us work with and the just adults, period. Um, I was recently and there's a, this amazing show on Netflix. It's called Black Mirror. Mm. If you get the chance to look at that and watch it, definitely do it. Um, it pretty much touches on a dystopian society where, you know, technology sort of runs our lives in sort of a negative way. And it's, it's an anthology. Series. And it's like. Like if you, I, I, it's maybe like two years in the future. Yeah, maybe. Like yeah. it ain't that far off. It's not far <laughs> off at all. And the thing is, like it's it's stuff that you can literally see we're headed to right now. And it's just um just drawing those parallels between you know that show and what's happening right now. It's like man, this is this is crazy how scary this is for us. Um, and there's one I don't know if y'all watch it, but there's one show in particular where everyone was pretty much judged based off the likes that they get. The episode so with Bryce Howard, I believe, I believe so. Um, but it was an episode where everyone was looking for. You had to get five stars, five star ratings to get into everything. So in order to get into your job, you have to maintain a certain amount of stars. Um, in order to get, you know, get a house, you had to maintain a certain amount of out of stars. And so it just shows you, like, we, we're doing the same thing with Instagram. We're we're liking it, we're commenting on the pictures, we're we're posting replies. 
Right. And it's just like so many deep parallels to that. So And, and, and it does affect – I didn't mean to cut you off. No. It does affect uh, <laughs> real life. Like if you write like a funny post on Facebook, you might have ultra-sensitive people like, yo, dog, why didn't you like my post? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they getting fights over this. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's messy. I had a friend – we were talking about this yesterday. We were saying someone posted something on their Facebook saying like, um, you know, just cherish every day. You know, be the best, be the best person you could be within your day. Um, he so he said he liked the page, he liked the the uh, post, and the person was mad because at the end of the post, he granted he didn't read through the whole post, but at the end of the post, it was saying something like her grandma died, and this was a sad day for her. But the person was mad because he liked the post. Like well, that's that's insane. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, you know, we we live in that kind of like you know quick response time kind of generation where you're mm-hmm. only going to read like the first line or something unless yeah. you're really interested and be like, okay, positive message, like. Yeah, then it goes true. into something like, yeah, I just got in a car accident, you know, lost my wife, you know, and it's like, <laughs> why'd you like this status? I'm like, why'd you put it out there? <laughs> That's what I was trying to tell him. Like, if you're going to put something out there, nine times out of ten, someone's going to comment or like or right. something to it. So, you know, if it's something that's, that's personal that you don't want to share, you know, what's really the, the point of and I think, letting the world see it? And I think that kind of ties into the mental illness, too. Like, when people go out and say, you know, I've been really depressed lately, you know, I've been trying to work through it, and they put this out on Facebook. You know, of course, you care for those people, but at the same time, that thing, something like that travels. And yeah. I've been on the receiving end of this, too, where I put something out where I might be going through something, and it travels mm-hmm. to my grandma calling me up like, baby, are you okay? I'm like, mm-hmm. well, why wouldn't I be? Well, so-and-so told me that. Oh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, It's just like you got to be careful what you put out there because, you know, the, the, the computer, the World Wide Web is permanent. Mm-hmm. That's permanent ink. It is. You see a lot of people losing jobs because of stuff they post. Exactly. I mean, so what do y'all think? Or, you know, rallies they go to. <laughs> rallies, yeah. right, rallies. Yeah, rallies. <laughs> <laughs> so, true. so what do y'all think in terms of, um, I mean, are you for, are you against social media? Like, what's the benefits do you think that it adds to our lives? Like, what are, some, what are your viewpoints? Um, um, I try to limit my, what I do and, like, how much I take in of social media. Like, right now, I'm currently off of Facebook. Mm. And I, um, I go on Instagram like only through like my iPad or something like that, but not through my phone. Yeah. Because I know for me, if I see something, it'll change my it'll change my entire mood. That's why I don't I don't follow gossip pages. Mm-hmm. I don't follow celebrities. Because people are very negative. I remember Beyonce posted a picture and I'm just scrolling and the first comment like underneath the picture was Blue Ivy is ugly. Oh, come on. Like, Don't that talk changed. about Blue Ivy like that. No. Um, but Blue Ivy is a, a baby. <laughs> right. Like, she's People a child. For real. People and that just vicious. changed my whole mood. Disrespectful. Like, because I want to be like, well, what would possess you to say that? Like, are you trying to get a response out of Beyonce? She doesn't. She literally follows nobody. Yeah. <laughs> I'm for social media. I mean, I have no problem with it. Everything is cool in moderation. But. Right. You know, some people just take it like I'm a superhero now and I can say whatever I want to whoever. Right. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, so yeah. I'm a I'm a cuss you out, I'm gonna tell you you ugly. Right. And I'm gonna tell you everything that's on my heart, you know, all over social media. So I, that's why I have a problem with it. I was about to say, don't get it twisted here. I've seen Shayna become a professional troll on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> you commenting on people's pics? Especially around the time a Drake album drops. Oh, so you don't like Drake? I'm not a troll. <laughs> yes, you are. Hey, you get serious, though. They got the beehive out and everybody. For real, the like, beehive will serious. attack you in, 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 in force. Man. <laughs> hey, the crazy thing about social media, too, is that it's become a platform where you can just blow up instantaneously. Mm-hmm. It's like back in the day, you had to actually have a talent. Like You had to be a singer, dancer, actor. Something to actually become yeah. famous, but now it's just 
Post some funny memes, you funny know. Funny Vine videos. Some funny Vine videos, and you out there. That's Pretty much it. Put on a wig. Remember they had, right. the, remember they had yeah. to throw them in the coffin? Oh, yeah. Th- was, oh, my God. That was so stupid. Yeah, but these Instagram, like, comics, they're not transitioning well because, mm. like, you only have to be funny. At first, it was for only 15 seconds. Yeah. Now you only have to be funny for a minute, but you can't. But, like, it's like they can't translate to, like, a stage where they right. have to be funny for you 15 gotta, minutes or even a half true. hour. It depends. I think, like, Instagram is good for, like, the models. You know what yeah. I mean? I feel like Facebook oh, and Vine. they got to get the exposure. Which really, yeah. no, I know, I know what you're saying, but I feel like Facebook and Vine, that's good for the comedians. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you have to look at it like this. What real talent do a lot of them have? I mean, I'm not saying they're not funny, but like you said, can you maintain that funniness over 15 minutes as opposed to 15 seconds? Right. And it's just sort of, you can see it sort of dumbing down in society. Like, we can, we can only take information in bits and pieces now. And it's like, if you try to actually sit down and talk to someone, have a discussion with them, they is in it one ear out the other. Now you're paying attention. Everybody in everybody's into the black mirror. Your your, yeah. your cell phone screen. Yeah, you yeah. know. And um, you know, I was gonna say, how can we tie this into like mental illness and you know, like cyberbullying or just even even talking about mental illness apart? Like, where, where would you want to go? Like, I mean, it's it's it's. I want to say it's this app out called I think Saraha Sarah. Is it called Saraha? Raha? Sarah? Sarah? Or whatever. Like that. I don't know. I've so seen it. So essentially, you can create anonymous posts to someone's like page, and so these anonymous posts they can be mean. They talk about people. You know, it could be stuff like, oh, you know, I, I, I like you. I never told you. Stuff like that. But um, it's kind of crazy that how negatively that can affect someone. Like, imagine you just get a post that someone say, oh, you know, I hate you. You should die. Right? I mean, that's, that's in many cases, some people might take that as, exactly. all right, I should go kill myself. That's permanent ink, man. Yeah. And even, I don't know if you heard about the story about the young girl who's, um, was texting her boyfriend to commit suicide? Yes. I saw that? Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah, yeah. The news she, yesterday. And she was on TV crying in the courtroom. Right. And, you know, you know, you don't, you don't know what you say or what you type, could mm-hmm. how it could affect somebody. Yeah. And I think even nowadays, it's just like our filters are completely off. We don't care. We don't have any regard for anyone feeling, in feelings at all. It's just like, all right, what can get the most likes? You know, what's going to be, you know, the funniest? Right. And I believe to a point there is some self-responsibility because I have a friend on Facebook <clears throat> You know, it's a woman I went to college with. And sometimes I see her make posts like, you know, uh, I'm, I, I've, I've gotten some help. You know, I'm, I'm, I've been doing good mentally. I've been doing good all right. And, you know, I, I, like she's, she made one post saying I'm stepping away from social media. Mm-hmm. Then a week later she made another post saying, yeah, I know I said I was going to step away, but I just want to tell you guys I'm doing good. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like you got you to gotta take some responsibility and, you know, really step away. I mean, but could that be – I mean, sometimes it could be a cry for help. I feel like in that, that sense some people seek that attention – because they need to fill some type of void in their life. And no, so I, I get that part, but I'm saying like, you know, if you want to talk to people, like personally go out and text your friends. Like saying you're staying away from social media, but then staying mm-hmm. on social media to stay to say you're staying away from social right. media. It needs to be <laughs> a personal self responsibility. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. But I also think that it's kinda hard, it's addicting. You know, you, your phone is with you every single day and on your phone you more look at more than likely have a Facebook app, Twitter app. You know, something right there, and I gotta just right. click it, and you're on it. So, I mean, it's easier said than done. And I think there's also this feeling that if I'm not on there, I'm missing something, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm missing out. Because you're definitely missing out. Yeah. I was uh, having a conversation with my oh, barber, my. and he was like, yeah, I'm doing something. I put it on Facebook, but I'm not on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So, like, I need you to tell me, like, about what? it. You know, in person, because I don't know. Like, people mm-hmm. do party invites yep, all the time. on Facebook. You didn't show up. 
Yeah, I didn't say I was showing yeah. up because yeah, I'm true. not on Facebook. This is the time of FOMO, you know, where something mm-hmm. important happens without you knowing just because you're not on the the, the web, the social yeah. media. Yeah, it's communication. That's yeah, true. The new, the new news. That is the new you news. You know, for the most part. I mean, what happened to the old ca- the carrier pigeons? Like, you just <laughs> put the little message on the pigeon, fly it off. They get <laughs> it's called Twitter. Pay, pay phone. <laughs> it's called Twitter. <laughs> is it pay phones or pay phones? Yeah, pay phones, yeah. Uh, was it pagers? You know, so, well, all I mean, right, end the interview. But in, right, but in terms of addressing this to mental health, man, it, there's been a lot of instances where I've seen kids getting bullied and you know their lives being just ravaged by what people say online. It, it, it's and it's definitely sad because this is something they deal with 24 seven. Like they're they're so into their phones right now, and I, I know Aaron can attest with his his uh, nephew Darius. Always on his phone. Oh man, it's it's <laughs> was bad. That, was that my man who was with us? Yeah, yeah he was with us last, last week. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. They're always on the phone. It's just like constantly. They wake up in the morning, they're on it. You know, afternoon, they're on it. Uh, right. <laughs> evening, they're on it. During dinner, breakfast, dinner, everything. I mean, the kids seemed okay. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, though, I mean, like, this, to me, this is one of those issues with, like, bullying. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, back in our day, you had a problem with somebody, you met out by the bike racks, one of you got your ass kicked, <laughs> right. and then you went home. You know, <laughs> and then it died out, and then the next day you were playing ball together and life was good. Now... It's 13 people videoed it. Mm-hmm. It's on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, yada, yeah. yada. People are talking shit about it all day, all right. night. Yep. And so it's still brewing that next day. And I think that like that's mm-hmm. where the cycle, I think, gets really bad. And I don't, yeah. know if, I don't know if you heard of this thing called World Star Hip Hop, but uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> World Star Hip Hop is the, the worst. Like They take the, the videos of fights and things that such put online for the world to see. And that is just, imagine being a person who has to uh, experience that. They're the one who was in that video. You have millions of people commenting on. Everyone has an audience that's intended for the ignorant audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 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 their market. Yeah. I remember that. the founder. You know, I guess maybe a couple of years before he passed away, was saying how he didn't allow his children, mm. his own children, onto World Star Hip Hop. That's sad. Like he wouldn't allow them to watch anything posted on there. Yeah, I mean, you know, you do run into that. Like you know, at, at Eminem, at the height mm-hmm. of his fame, when Eminem showing all of his controversial mm-hmm. lyrics. I think he even says on uh, My Dad's Going Crazy, I wouldn't blame him. I wouldn't let Haley listen to me neither. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like, just with his own lyrics and stuff. I mean, you can look at that with a lot of industries. Look at the, the cigarette industry. If I'm a cigarette exec, I'm not letting my kids smoke because you already know what cigarettes and smoking cigarettes cause. And so it's just one of those things where those those who are typically in charge, they understand that they're, they're spewing you know ignorance and poison. And, of course, they're not going to let their children consume it because it's it, – it's, Again, mental health is going, going to ravage their minds. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're looking at it from the aspect of how can we effectively help our young people uh, realize that, you know, what you see on social media isn't always the truth. A lot of times just glorified images of what people want to portray. And especially with young women, like when you see like these Instagram models and you think that's the standard of beauty – like how's that affecting? How's it going to affect your <laughs> I love the meme I saw on Facebook that said, "You are not an Instagram model. Um, you're a side piece with 37 filters." <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, those filters on Instagram. My God. Oh. <laughs> but like, yeah, just looking at it from like the, the a female perspective, and I'm sure going through these Instagrams, going through these these um these images and seeing that this is the standard of beauty and girls are trying to sort of live up to that. Like, how does that affect you? I mean, how does that affect a young girl growing up in, in today's society? It's got to make her feel bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just looking at that, she's going to need plastic surgery in the future and all kind of <laughs> other stuff. But it's, un- it's so unrealistic. I mean, even well, even the, the Kardashians, as some, so, to some extent, you know, um, they have their flaws. I mean, obviously, but 
so many girls are looking up so they're trying to glorify them they want to be them well, I'm like do you really want to be a Kardashian <laughs> well let me ask this and, and, and you know I don't mean to put you on the spot Shana but like you know being a mother like you know how would you communicate to your child you know between representation and stuff like that stuff like that well um like i currently like i work like i work very hard to make sure you know that a lot of the imagery that she sees is like representative of her like she Mm -hmm. has you know black artwork in her room and you know black dolls and and things like that like but when it comes to like social media i like the parenting is always behind the technology Mm -hmm. so i'm not sure like how i will like try to combat that like I was just having this discussion with her dad and it's like he was like well like even if you try to say hey like if we try to say hey like you can't go on this website like you right. can't have a profile like she'll probably sneak and do it They'll sneak and do it they're gonna find a way and it, and that's and this is why the internet in my house is locked down tight hey my I got a, I have a 10 year old daughter I got a seven year old son mm. they both know anywhere they go mm. anything they type anything they do and I it's, see it's needed I'm telling you because if you look at kids nowadays, even like at two years old, they're all playing on a, the, the tablets and the phones, and they actually know what they're doing. Yes. <laughs> like at yeah. two years, I'm like, they're how do really- you know how to play this game? And you can't even read yet. But so it's just showing you that, again, how parenting has to catch up, you know, with technology. Because when working in the schools, I saw, you know, kids had all types of crazy stuff that I never even knew existed. You know, I'm just far beyond, you know, my imagination of what technology can can do. Um, and it was almost like, how can we keep up with Ensuring that you know our young people maintain these healthy healthy relationship with social media. That's what should be. That's what we really need to address. Like a healthy relationship with social media. You know what I did with my ten year old daughter? Because mm-hmm. you were talking about you know how you know body image and all that stuff. Yeah. I sat her down <coughs> and showed her the uh, video, and this is a phenomenal video. It's on YouTube um, of how Photoshop uh, turned a piece of pizza. <laughs> Into a supermodel, <laughs> uh, and it's a real thing. And they just all they use is Photoshop tools, and they record the entire process. Oh. And so, and like literally, that sank it in for her. Wow! Like now she gets it that what she sees online can be manipulated, altered, mm-hmm. yada yada. I mean, it's it's a thing. Yeah, like not even the girls in the magazine look like the girls right. in the magazine because they do so much editing to these photos. I'm just thinking, like, I already love pizza, so that's... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just sent me the, p- the picture of a pizza itself. Yeah, when, I, when I shared it, I had, like, six guys that were like, is that technology actually available? <laughs> like, is that... <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, but, but it's, it's definitely... I'm telling you, it's the, the, the advances we're making is, is astounding. But I think that, again, creating healthy relationships. And, and mentally, if you're looking at how... Just being on the phones and computers all day are just affecting kids, you know, just mental capacity and ability. I mean, look at their their reading and writing skills. Like, absolutely, man, kids they can't. Some of them can't read. I mean, they they can read text language or they can read Twitter language, yeah. um, but they can't formulate actual sentence structures or actually write paragraphs. I don't know what a paragraph True. is. In you know, what? I ran into a funny uh, a funny situation <laughs> where I was uh, I was texting one of my friends and. Um, and, uh, you know, she was like, yeah, man, I got a hashtag headache. I'm like, why are you hashtagging this? It's just you and I. Like, you know, no one can see our <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy. But, you know, the, the uh, real interesting thing as well is that with, um, especially with Twitter, I feel like media in general has to create some type of way to 
draw in people's attention in just the headlines. And I'm, I'm kind of guilty of that too. If I look at the headline and it's really captivating, I'm going. I may, I may read it. I may not, but more than likely, it will spark my interest. And it's so easy to sort of like sensationalize things nowadays. You know, if you have a, a, a um, you know, salacious headline, it's going to draw so many clicks. Clickbait. It's, yeah, click, it's yeah. clickbait. It is. Well, and that touches on your point earlier. I mean, so there's been, oh God, at least five or six studies now that have come out that said it. on Facebook in particular, sixty at least 60% of people do not read beyond the headline before they share it. Mm. Wow. <laughs> that, that mis- that they see something that. and go, yep, that agrees with my line of thinking, share. That's, yeah. that's that in Russia. <laughs> I've been guilty on that a few times. I mean, not mostly, but a few times, yeah. Like, if I see something, I'm like, damn, I can't believe this. Let me share it. Mm. I've been guilty of that. Yeah, and then you read the whole story, and it's like, oh, right. it's just completely fake. Yeah, <laughs> like, or, like, you will, it'll be a, a headline, and you'll click on the website, and then you'll go to the homepage, and then you'll scroll all the way down, and yeah. it'll like, this is not a news website. This is satire. <laughs> and it's like, this person that, like, I originally got the link from, they wrote a whole Titan graph right. uh, just based off of the headline. They didn't read the, the fake article, and they didn't click on the homepage to see that it was not a real news website. I mean, I got to draw that. I have to draw that up as just being just um, just lazy to, to, to a point. I mean, is it lazy or is it, is it, is it marketing? It's deceptive marketing. Well, as a reader, as a person who is <laughs> absorbing and sort of reading, digesting this information, you have to do it. Your, your your due diligence and actually read what's, what's being shared. Like, I can't, I'm not going to share something and I know the information is not accurate. I can't do that, you know? Right. You know, especially with all this, the, the propaganda, like the Russia, you know, misinformation and, you know, all that stuff going on. Yeah, you got to read know, the material. Yeah, and, and there, there's responsibility with it, too. Like, you know, uh, back when Trump was running for office and, you know, a lot of people were uh, sharing this image. when it was Back when it was him and the other Republican presidential candidates standing mm-hmm. up, they were like, oh, he didn't even put his hand over his heart for the, uh, you know, the, the national anthem. And I was mm-hmm. like, yo, as much as I don't like him, I got to fact check you. He, he yeah. did. You, they just caught the picture at the wrong right. moment. He's like, man, like, why'd you even? I'm, like, I'm not defending yeah. him. I'm just being truthful to you. Like, I'm, I'm just, yeah. you know. I mean, yes, we, we definitely do that a lot of times. We take one, one still image of. A video and just use that as you know our headline. Right. We're going to add flames to the fire. Yeah, and that's that's. I mean, that's a little bit of again, um, on the part of those those news outlets, man. That's that's not good. I mean, that's that's just drawing a creating a bad precedence for what we're going to do in the future. Um, and you're starting to see it, man. It's just everywhere, and that's why we become so divided in terms of uh, how we are as a nation. Because if I'm per, a, a, a Republican, I'm just looking at Fox News, and Fox News is just pushing their own agenda. You know, if I'm a Democrat, I'm looking at places like CNN, MSNBC, who also push their agenda. But there's no middle ground. It's just the yeah, two extremes. There's literally like no middle ground in between those like networks where it's like, okay, like can I get the news without mm-hmm. the the Republican agenda? Can I get the news without the liberal agenda? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a problem I I see too. You know, when when it's I'm hard, going down man. Facebook or anywhere like that, it, you're trying to figure out okay, what's real and what's kind of like. It's like, They're moving in their own way. It's like you turn the Fox. It's like you turn the Fox News. You get the right wing side. You turn to CNN. You get the left wing side. Sometimes, sometimes MSNBC is is like honest and kind of in the middle. But mm-hmm. sometimes they they strive more towards the left. And it is hard to find some objective news out there. Yeah, I would. I got. I have a question on propose. Do you think that today's media is pushing us into, you know, the Orwellian society that they talked about in terms of um, the nineteen eighty four? Yeah. 
And yeah. you know what, man? I actually, I actually read that book. And that that is a disturbing book with you know just the theory of Big Brother and double speak. You know, <laughs> say, saying less, not willing to articulate yourself, being um. Uh, for, forbid to read. Yep. Yeah, forbidden to read. We're this. This is. You I know, feel like this, we're doing it. This. This is. You know, I believe. To a point, yes, and to a point, no. Like I don't think humanity itself would force us to be to get to that point. But mm-hmm. even if you look at something like The Handmaid's Tale, where women mm-hmm. are subjected just to being, you know, just vessels, bodies to, you know, mm-hmm. um, get them pregnant and birth children, and just mm-hmm. you know be the housewife, the housemaid. You know, I believe the, these these films and these stories, you know, there's a reason they're classic dystopian fiction because it could happen. Right. There's always a hint of truth within right. everything. But I think even more so, I, I watched this YouTube video where they broke down, you know, the 1984 and sort of drew some, some par- parallels between what's going on today and, and, um, and in the book. And it's so true because the, the way that um, we're given information, especially even from our president, he's put into terms that are simplistic that are um, sensationalized and don't really allow you to think and, and form your own opinion in many cases, right. unless you are, you know, completely on the opposite side of, of what you, you know, know the president believes. A lot of people make jokes about it, but when he made the slip up on Twitter saying uh, we had a convefe, <clears throat> meaning he had a conference, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. if this was a different time, people would actually go around saying, "Oh, it's convefe now. It's not <laughs> conference." You know, <laughs> big big brother said so. I mean, that 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 could be the reality. Uh, but but no, but look at even terms like um the the Make America Great, the MAGA, that become that became sort of like his his drive. Like if you think of Trump Trump, you think of Make America Great again, you think of MAGA, you think of um you know, some people say the Trump train. And so a lot of times he is creating this separate language that's not not really I mean yes, it's English, but it's more so it's a it's a coded language to sort of fit some of the aspects of what he thinks is his reality. There was an interesting point. I don't. I don't want to keep going. Yeah, right. Anyone else got <laughs> no, any more points? No, go ahead. I want to hear. Well, there was an interesting point brought up by the man who created Dilbert. I think his name is um, Scott Adams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he did a Vlad, He did a thank you. He did an interesting Vlad TV interview where he says he thinks he thinks Donald Trump like kind of like studied um, hypnotize the, the the art of hypnotizing. Because he says, when you look at Donald Trump's speeches, I notice him moving his hands a lot, Mm -hmm. and he does it in ways that if you watch him for long enough, it becomes hypnotizing. Even if you don't agree with him, you're just locked on to what he's saying and how he's looking and how incredulous he is. So I believe there is an art to his madness. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't even think he—I don't know if he's aware of it. I don't know if he is aware of it, but Mm -hmm. there is an art to— just his speeches and how they could affect people. So there's a great uh, – we were just talking about this yesterday with a couple of friends. Uh, Steve Jobs put out a thing called The Art of the Pitch years ago. Okay. Um, and it's eight points to creating a very successful pitch. Um, and if you read through it, Trump is masterful mm-hmm. at one through six. Mm-hmm. Um, point seven and eight are things like thanking those who help you. And, and, <laughs> right. and so he, he sucks at seven and eight. I like to thank the all, right? <laughs> right, just being courteous. But, but, but like one through six when it comes to you know using vague terms um, and focus on benefits, not functionality. Uh, that, you know, I mean, it's it's eerie how, mm-hmm. how close and similar it is. And, you know, as far as like the, the media goes, so, I mean, I wrote something about two years ago or so uh, called Not Necessarily the News. I blame yeah. CNN. 
Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think it's a. It's an Orwellian society we're heading towards. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's the first ten minutes of idiocracy, <laughs> because you know <laughs> that people. Was a good movie. Oh, no, man. people forget that up until a few years ago. Well, not a few. Twenty years ago, um, if you wanted to watch the news, you had to be up at six in the morning, yep. or you had to be on the couch between five and seven. Yeah, sure. And then along came this thing called CNN that invented the twenty-four hour news cycle. Right. It's addictive. Well, and so, but if you got twenty-four hours to fill. Yeah. You gotta f- make stuff up, and, and you right. gotta find stuff to talk about. And now there's 37 different 24-hour news cycles, right. and they all want to have their own spin. And now, you know, CNN went the MTV route. Like mm-hmm. MTV used to play videos, and then they became reality shows. Well, mm-hmm. CNN used to talk news, then they started doing shows, so they mm-hmm. had to launch headline news and airport right. edition, and na 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 na. And it's like that's what's wrong with the media today. Is there's no. Like wherever he There's is, no release. Walter no. Cronkite is rolling in his grave <laughs> wherever he is, and Edward R. Murrow, yeah. because it used to be that when you sat down and you watched that seven o'clock news, that was gospel. Yes. That was that was prepared because that was fact checked and probably fact checked again and probably triple checked before it came out of that person's mouth, Absolutely. and you knew it was real. Now it's everybody's got to be first. Everybody's mm-hmm. got to be this. And one of the things I cited in that dude, CNN got a supreme. Court decision wrong. Oh they announced the wrong decision, and MSNBC followed, and then Fox News followed, mm-hmm. and, and then, then they all had to go backtrack and Correct. scramble because it's all it's all about first. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like a message board forum. Back. They, they, they touched on this on the newsroom, Aaron Sorkin series. They touched on this on mm-hmm. that. Everybody got to be first. Yep. And you know, I think even with looking at someone like my grandmother, like you know, when I come to see her, sometimes I just see her stuck glued in front of CNN. I'm like, yeah. Grandma, take a break. You yes. know, take a watch, break. watch Lifetime or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just so it's so addictive. I'm like, okay, but you know, just take a yeah. break from the real world. Yeah. It, Every three minutes is like right. breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> right, it's always breaking, breaking news. news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're interviewing a local oh, crackhead. That just seen it happen. Obama yeah. tripped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but news was held to a certain esteem back in the past. I think people again respected those those figures because they knew that they were telling the truth. That they, they always got it right. And I think we're at the point now where we need to sort of disconnect a little bit. We need to show like all news social news networks, regardless of what what's which way they're skewed or or, or lean towards right or left. We just in order, we just need to tell them that we are we're, we're done with it. Like let us let us actually disconnect a little bit. Let us come with our own opinions. Let us actually read newspapers again, <laughs> which which are dying out. Yeah. And um, because it, it's becoming too. Again, sensationalized, and I can see they're going towards the, like you said, the MTV route. They have a lot more um, sort of reality-based shows as well, and I think they're just running out of stuff to say, so they're just just put, pulling stuff out of thin air. Well, well actually, the they're pulling stuff from social media. Yeah. Like, social media is pretty much dictating what's being said on CNN and mm. MSNBC. Like, they'll take a video that someone posted on Facebook or Twitter, and they'll keep rolling it rolling yeah. it and rolling it especially if it's something violent yeah. they'll yeah. keep rolling it you know over and over again on these news channels mm-hmm. oh, yeah, it, 10 tweets is a movement now apparently <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. like uh, the the whole thing about the stupid uh, the Starbucks cup oh that, that, yeah remember that yeah it was like that, a holiday cup or something or one guy <laughs> one guy did a tweet about that mm. and like six people retweeted it yeah but the media made it sound like there were thousands of angry mobs <laughs> collapsing on Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. so, you know what, what I, happened? I, it wasn't it was it the was a rare cup like in, instead of like their usual Merry Christmas mug. Right. They said the like cup, Happy Holidays. It, like no, holiday. it, it was, was just, just a plain red, red cup. Just a plain red cup, oh, yeah. and they and they were like, 
we were trying to save money because we always have mm. cups left over. So we bought plain <laughs> red cups. Sorry. I'm, I'm telling you, Twitter, this is what happens with Twitter. Anyone with a verified account, they become like the, the experts of whatever – Right. They talk about oh, that check mark that is check, like yeah. death on a stick. Seriously, because uh, yeah. no one they won't even if as long as you got a check mark, you can retweet it. Like that's, yeah. that's not good. There's it, no yeah. fact checking, no no just actually doing your own research. It's just all right, that person's verified, so assume that they're saying the truth. Yeah, that just means that they sent a picture of their driver's license into Twitter. That's all that means. <laughs> that's, like they may work for yeah, that, that's really that, all that right. is. It's the same thing with Facebook. Verified accounts. Oh wow! Uh, they, they, yeah, maybe I need to get a check mark in. Send <laughs> <laughs> your license over. Did you? Um, okay, so did like I? I just wanted to like take a pause. So like, are we like just talking about like social media in general for like this episode, or do we want to pivot into? I mean, it, it all is all connected. It's all we connected. think about oh, mental health. Every time we has bar- its own little. Yeah, I mean, but mental health. You have to look at mental health from a variety of aspects. I mean, mental health can be just. You know what social media um, and the news is do- doing to you in terms of just how you feel. You know, um, if I'm continuously watching shows where I feel like the world's going in, you know, I'm just going to be out here depressed all day. So, and, and again, if you're looking at, um, you know, those who maybe be something more serious, like those who are getting bullied, those who are con- contemplating committing suicide, again, that's also um, exasperated through the realm of, of social media. So, it's, it's different ways that we can uh, touch on this this topic, but I think that. Each are just as, as important as, as the other. So um, if you're looking at social media in terms of how it impacts a, a person's um, mental psyche, man, you can look at it in different ways. What about mental health in the community? Well, I think within our community, the biggest thing, the mental, the things, biggest thing that social media can do is, uh, is perpetuating an idea of who we are. And so if you're looking at for instance, a video of Philando Castile, Castile being shot in his car mm. and thinking as a black man, this can be me, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to make you go throughout your life always fearing police or always fearing authority. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's, that's, that's a topic within its own right. Looking at that. I mean, do you think there's any other aspects or any other topics? like? Well, uh, yeah, I did want to bring up a personal like, thing. Um, so there's a relative in my family that, you know, growing up, you know, you know, my mom would tell me like, oh, well, you know, he just... He just acted a little special. He just acted a little slow. We never really thought much about it. Mm-hmm. You know, he never really went past, you know, 10th or 11th grade. But it took them until he became an adult to realize, oh, okay, maybe he did need mental help when he was younger. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I just want to touch on how, like, mental health within the black community sometimes is just shrugged off uh, off as, oh, he's just a little slow. Yeah. You know, he, he doesn't he doesn't need that kind of medication. He's just a little slow. He's just a little slow to learn. Mm-hmm. It's like what Forrest Gump's mom would say about him. Right, you right. You know what I'm saying? Right. He's not below average, you know. I forgot what, what the line. See, I don't. I don't think that's just. I don't think that's just the black community. I think that no, it, that's not at all. The board because no parent wants to go. Right. Yeah, my kid's damaged. Right, right, right. It's yeah. And even from a even from a personal personal standpoint, you know, when I was younger, you know, I was a little hyper as a kid. They tried to put me on Prozac. My mom said no. I mean, I ended up okay. You know, I got my invisible friend here. <laughs> no, but but you know, all in all, yeah, it is that kind of hesitation as a parent. You know that oh, my kid's not crazy. Yeah, he or she is just but, a little slow. And I will also say that there is a stigma. I feel like there's a stigma within the black community in terms of seeking out uh, help. Like black people, we didn't go to therapy. Like we didn't go to counseling. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that we just didn't do. And I'm I have mad up. Right? Yeah, it was like yeah, just suck it. it up. You know, be a man. You know, be a, be a woman. You know, do what you got to do. Um, but a lot of times, these are deep embedded issues that a lot of a lot of people are facing. They're, they're struggling with, 
and they need someone to talk to, need someone to get them through it. And I think uh, there was a, a face or a Twitter campaign where I forgot the, the name of the hashtag, but it was basically encouraging uh, specifically black men to support each other mentally um, right. in terms of mental health. And so I think you do see how social media is sort of helping that, but I think it's always one of those things where social media is only going to be surface level. Um, it's not going to do anything more than generate a hashtag, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, and, you know, even bringing pop culture into it. When Kid Cudi kind of admitted himself, you know what I mean? I was going to say, um, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people were like, oh, wow, Kid Cudi, you know. But before all this, when he was on Twitter talking about my baby mama trying to keep my daughter away from me in all mm-hmm. caps and all that, everybody's like, man, you going crazy. Like, right. you know, get on somewhere. But then when they see he actually admitted himself, mm-hmm. some people got, you know, kind of backtracked like, dang, I didn't really think there really was a problem. I thought he was just tripping out. So the hashtag is you good, man? You good, man. Yep. Okay, cool. And it's one of those things where um, it just has to be more done. I mean, you can you can create a hashtag and you can build a sense of, um, of, of, of I guess, collective responsibility around that. Well, at least it's trying. It's, yeah, it's trying. It's trying, but we need to actually provide networks and, and contacts for people to contact their local you know, <laughs> mental health uh, facilities or, or give them connects to, to therapists. That's, that's true. I think, you know, and um, – I think Logic, the rapper Logic, mm-hmm. one of the songs on his new album is the the Suicide Hotline. Mm. You know, and that in yeah. that it's a it's a it's a great song. But I feel like stuff <coughs> like that when you got someone in position of power in position of influence, you know, he the Suicide Hotline. You know, it kind of it skyrocketed with calls because people kind of said, okay, well, my favorite mm. rapper here is telling me I should call this hotline. I'll right. give him a shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I think there is progression in that. And I think it's also, you know, we are a reflection of our society. And so, especially in this country, we have a sort of negative uh, connotation with mental health. We think that those who aren't, uh, first of all, we don't have a a direct understanding of what mental health issues are. A lot of times we just think of those people who are just just crazy or who are maybe homeless on the corner talking to themselves. Like, that's that's how we view mental health issues. Um, But it's so much more. And and looking at anxiety, you know, um, mild depression. Things those things that may not cripple you mentally, where you won't you won't quit your job, you won't commit suicide, but there's still it's still a problem that needs to be addressed um, at the earlier stages before it leads to something more serious. And so we're not putting enough money into mental health in our society. We're not putting we have enough resources in our community to address mental health. I think all schools should have um, therapy sessions for students, especially in the urban cities and in the rural communities as well, because they're dealing with stresses that some students or some communities may not have to deal with. Um, in terms of just high levels of poverty, um, you know, displacement, you know, disenfranchisement. And so things like that have to be addressed early on. And there needs to be some type of, you know, countrywide campaign to sort of destigmatize mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times we go through things and, you know, we we survive these situations, but we don't go talk to them, like talk about it with someone like mm-hmm. a professional. Yeah. Like, I went through something. Like, I went through an abusive situation, and my mom was like, you need to go talk to somebody. Mm. Like, because this is, like, like yeah, your grades are still good, but, like, you're not okay. Mm. And then, uh, luckily for me, um, there was, like, because I was in college at the time, there was an on-campus, like, domestic violence group. Mm. And they were able to help me. You know, we did group therapy sessions and stuff, and, like, because I felt like I was alone in the situation. Yeah. Like, I only, cause, and I felt like I put the blame on myself. Like, mm-hmm. only I can be this dumb, but it wasn't like me 
you know, lacking intelligence. It, it was just a, it was a situation that happened to me. And I think that's a good point. Sometimes we just really need to talk to someone. Yeah. And it might not be medication. It might just be a conversation, you know, three or four sessions. They may be able to yeah. talk you back into proper mindset. And for so like for so connected, we are in terms of um, social media and on a world plane. Like we can we can reach people across the country, you know, just through a text. Right. We're still so isolated in a sense of, um, yes, those people can can confide in me, um, you know, via social media, but they're not here with me. You know, they're they're not experiencing what I'm experiencing. And yeah. so, yeah, that that's that's a, that's a valid point. We need to connect personally on a physical level and actually talk it out. That that is important because you know, and connecting to a, a somewhat similar case, you know, when I was at college, you know, we, both Shana and I went to MSU, you as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I. I had the pressure of being, you know, um, a first-generation uh, college student. Mm-hmm. So there was the pressure of keeping my grades up and, you know, also working part-time at, you know, Sparties, yeah. you know, and just trying to just keep myself grounded. And I just – I had I, I had a near mental breakdown. You know, I texted my dad. I said, just help me out here. I, I, I'm losing it. And, you know, he just texted me back, you know, a one-word response, you know, just like, you know, like, like, like focus, relax. Mm-hmm. And, you know, strangely that helped for a minute. But then I actually had to call my mom and actually have, like, you know, a verbal conversation with her. And yeah. that, that kind of brought me back. Even though she wasn't physically there, I still had somebody to talk to. Yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah. know, institutions like Michigan State, man, you know, it's a great institution. I loved it. Right. Um, but it's it's so isolating sometimes. It is. Yes. You know, you're you're on a big campus. You're around all these people. But it's like if you don't have your circle or if you don't have a, a friends to, it's a paradox. to you got, support you. you yeah. you're, you're around a lot of people, but there's no one to talk to. Right, it's a paradox. Right. Right, it's tough. So is that what really social media and mental health, is social media kind of causing mental health problems? I mean, because oh, yeah. of the isolation from real-world experiences and talking to people. Because I grew up and we didn't have cell phones. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were just outside playing. Right. We were having friends, talking to them. We had to actually see someone to talk to them. Right. So it was different growing up. And now it's like this isolation thing where nobody... Nobody really communicates yeah. outside of maybe school. Yeah, and you brought up the point of, you know, how people could be far away from each other physically but still help each other. That's not what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, people are very mean to each other, yeah. especially, like, since there's, you know, kind of sort of, you know, anonymity yeah, with with uh, social media. So, like, like, I'm on Twitter. Like, you know, someone will post a picture, like, going out. And then somebody will retweet it like your mirror's dirty. You're like right, right. like just something just very just mean. The lighting's a little off. <laughs> like That's you need true. to clean your mirror or like someone to take a picture. Like you need to get your nails done. Mm. And it, and then the original post with the pictures would get like maybe like a hundred retweets, mm. a couple of likes. But the mean response to it would get retweets like twenty five thousand retweets yeah. and stuff like that. I was going to say, perfect example, um, homegirl went to prom with the same dress Rihanna, Rihanna had on. Mm. And I think Rihanna retweeted and said, the dark thought rises. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is a high school student. Wow. You know what I mean? And it's like, yo, like you, you understand you're a person of influence and power. You saying this is going to cause somebody else, Cause, cause you know, a oh Riri fan, to come for this girl, too. Right. Because you imagine like how you would feel being that, that young girl and you got Rihanna right. tweeting, retweeting your picture and saying oh, that. Be horrible. Oh, my God. Yeah. But you know what? Twitter has done a, a better job of this because now they're hiding all of the negative posts. I don't know if you noticed, but they hide it at the bottom, and so you have to actually click on it 
to see what the negative posts are in many cases. Um, so they're being more aware, but still, it's only for like those with the language, like very. Pro, uh, if it's like if they're using curse words or, or some stuff like that, they will they will hide it. But yeah. still, it's 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 an issue that if I'm a, if I'm a person and I'm, I'm constantly trying to find gratification through social media, but I'm also constantly coming across people who are negative. You know that that would make me feel very isolated and alone in that sense. It, like, isn't that the main – and this is one of my main problems with social media in general because, I mean, I do. I see it with my kids and I see it with my friends and that sort of stuff. Like it went from actually having in-person physical relationships with people to how many friends do you have on Facebook yeah. right. when in reality you probably know 10 percent of them. Yeah. Um, how many followers do you have on Twitter? How many you know? How many likes do you get on Instagram? How many you know? And you know how many subscribers do you have to your YouTube channel? That kind of stuff. And I mean, yeah. it's people have started valuing themselves based on numbers mm-hmm. as opposed to yeah. substance. Agree. Yeah. You know what? I gotta. Well, I'm, I'm gonna let y'all go. Oh no, no, go ahead. No, go. I was I was saying. You know, I I I I come from different sides of that spectrum. Like on one spectrum, I like to lead a lot of my friends because most of them I don't talk to them anymore. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes some people look at me like, dang, you got this many friends? I'm like, yeah, those are people I know. Right. You know, I, um, Most of those people just friended me because they just saw me on Facebook and said, oh, this guy looks cool. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm I, the same I, way. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I got rid of a lot of those people because I didn't know them. Yeah. But, you know, the whole thing about checking out how many likes you got. From a business standpoint, you know, like when I shout out my Instagram in the beginning of all this, you know, I write critical reviews. So I do look at who who likes and who has followed mm-hmm. for business purposes. You know, right. it's not for sense of self-validation. It's just for self-marketing. So I've been on different sides of that spectrum. Oh, yeah, business is absolutely different. Right. Yeah. yeah. Totally I'm, different. Yeah. But if you look at how this is an extension. So if you're if you're in the school in school, it's already a popular contest. It's all about who you know, who you like. And then when you get home, it's another popular contest about how many friends, how many likes I can get, how many friends do I have. You're constantly, again, this is just weighing down on you constantly 24 hours a day. And it goes to sort of like what we talked about the media. Having 24 hour, 24-7 coverage, it does so much harm than it does good. And that's even on a personal level. Yeah, like, I know for me, like, I cut down, like, on my, like, who I follow on Instagram and Twitter. And when I was on Facebook, I cut a lot of my, because I can't take in all of that mm-hmm. information, all of those personalities right. and all these people talking about stuff at once. Like, I remember um, someone made this long, beautiful post about their mother. Their mother just passed away. And then underneath, somebody was talking about food. Mm. I'm like, I can't take all this in at yeah. once. Then you see a model. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's all. It's all. I see. That's why the yeah. solution to this problem is just be a lurker. <laughs> don't, don't, don't post. Just lurk. <laughs> right. Just just look. Just see what's going on. That's what I do. I just read what's going on. I don't post. Uh, there, it, I don't. It, and there is such a thing as Facebook stalking. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I don't stalk people. I just well, look at exactly. the news. Exactly. If you don't know a person and you just try to say, oh, this is their Facebook, you know, this is their pictures and all that, that's right. available to someone that's not a friend. There is such a thing as Facebook or Instagram. Yeah, that's stalking. another mental health issue. <laughs> but that's well, like, yeah. it's become the norm now. Like, yeah. stuff that I would probably, like, what I, I still think is creepy, but stuff that would, like, be unanimously deemed creepy 10 years ago is not creepy now. 
Like, well, I talk mm. to my friends, like, yeah, I, I found his new girlfriend's okay. Instagram page. It's like, how? <laughs> right. Like, what type of sleuth? Undercover? <laughs> like, how? Like, that's... But it's easy to the, do that nowadays. It's easy, yeah. but it's still not... It's still, to me, kind of creepy, and you're yeah. violating someone else that you don't know. You're violating their privacy, and they don't know that you're doing it. See, there needs to be a course we need to teach in schools. It should be called a healthy relationship with social media. Yeah, we need to make that happen. Good idea. I'm telling you because again, if it's going, it's going to affect their lives at some point. So why not not help them sort of alleviate some of those issues in the process? That should be a course. Might be. So like you said it. violating their privacy. <laughs> Is it though if they're putting it out there? Mm. Like there's a difference between like Facebook. Good question. You can post everything to. Publicly available, or you can you can post it, it to just your friends, friends you know, yep. friends of friends. You can lock, you know, you can put people in different categories and groups and lock it down. That's Instagram, same thing. Yeah, you can lock your page. Twitter, yep. same thing. So, I mean, if if it, it's the and I and and please take this analogy for what it's worth. If you're gonna wear the low cut, super tight shirt, mm. understand that people are gonna look. Yeah, if you're gonna put shit out on blast. Right. Uh, you know, in, as a public view in a public pro, in a public forum, people are going to look and it's going to and they're going to comment on it. And I think honestly, that's the class that needs to get taught is understand your demographic yeah. and you know and, and understanding where you're putting stuff out to. Yeah, you know, like you know, um, you know, sometimes when I see things in the media and I and I have friends, you know, that are you know that are homosexual, heterosexual, all, all that. And, you know, sometimes when I see that, you know, they're, they're bringing you know homosexual characters into cartoons aimed for little kids, not teenagers, little mm. kids. You know, I want to say something, but at the same time, I don't want to offend. So right. I'm cautious with what I say because I don't want to come off as, oh, the typical, you know, black homophobe. No, no, that's not what I'm yeah. saying at all. <laughs> and then, you know, even, you know, the relationship with me and my girl, you know, we don't have the inner relationship with thing, you know, because yeah. people that are visiting our page, we don't want them in our business, you know. Right. It's like, it's like, hey, I know you in real life off Facebook. Why do we need to, mm-hmm. you know yeah, what I sure. mean? So, yeah, there's that, too. But that does bring up a, a de- very interesting topic that I think I don't really give a lot of thought to, and that's the privacy. What is considered privacy in many cases? And I think, um, obviously, I want, I'll come, I'm kind of curious to how the the law states it. If, if the law state, states that anything that's posted on social media and shared publicly is public property? or uh, It so definitely be- belongs to the social media website that you posted on. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, if you look at from an expectation of privacy perspective, uh, I don't know that there have been specific laws passed about it yet. But, I mean, if you look at it from the – because and this actually came up uh, because of a website here in Detroit um, who decided uh, they were going to go ahead and record uh, the conversation between two people on the Q-Line train the mm-hmm. other day uh, and use that as the foundation of an article. And a lot of people came back on them about, well, like, did you get – the people's consent to record that conversation and use it as the article. And while technically the website is correct, Mm -hmm. there is no expectation of privacy in a public place. Mm -hmm. And so you are perfectly allowed to record and and do whatever, just like you could overhear it. It's, it's a thing. Um, Just because you can doesn't necessarily mean that you should. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you post stuff out there and, and it's happened, I mean, you look at, you know, God, look at you know some of the stuff that's uh, been blowing out um, since last weekend. You know, all the events in Charlottesville, and you know people that have been um, outed by their friends 
yeah. good for their friends, right. uh, who were taking their you know Facebook, Twitter, whatever posts that were only accessible to their friends, mm-hmm. screenshotting them and going, "Yep, yep that's, that's him. him. <laughs> yep, that's her. Yeah. Go at it." So I mean, it's you know you do you and that's and that's part of that whole. I mean, I went through that with Facebook. You know, the the first Facebook account I had just bloated. Yeah. Up like mad because it was right. all the people. Thousand friends. Uh, oh no, I was up at the max. I was up oh, at wow. five thousand. because of all the stuff that I was doing wow. um, and all the different social. And then I like it got to the point where I'm, and it's that profile's still out there. Mm-hmm. I never log into it, yeah. but it's out there. And then I have the one I have now that has like five or six hundred. And mm-hmm. then like and I can tell you where I know each and every single one of those people from. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that I think people are missing. And again, it's that whole know your demographic thing. Like, Absolutely. is that really your friend yeah. or is right. that a frenemy? Is that or is that someone who's just there to keep an eye on you so that they have stuff to share about you? I think this is the best fe- one of the best features Facebook ever had where you can still be friends with a person but unfollow them. them. Oh, right. Yeah. I love that, man, because th- there are some people in this world that I'm cool with, <laughs> but some of the posts they make, it just annoys me to no end. So I just unfollow them. Mm. They're still within reach. I just don't see what they post unless I want to mm. go look. Yep. There's I- almost like an unwritten social contract that – we kind of follow in our everyday lives, especially when we're looking at media, social media. Um, and I feel that, again, sometimes the, the lines can be blurred depending on the situation. And in the case of what happened last week, I would definitely out my friends. If that was, <laughs> I, would, I would not mind. Yeah. Um, but, again, there is also the sense of we, we assume that there's privacy in our lives, but we, can't, we cannot guarantee that anymore. Um, and that's why I try to yeah. limit what I post. I try to only keep it towards related to the organization we work with or – or keep it limited to this, but I try not to put a lot of my, my personal stuff out there. I don't yeah. know if you all do the same. But I, I don't even I, I don't yeah. even advertise no. where I work anymore. I don't put my daughter on there like a lot. Like a lot mm. of people be like, we're at the park, we're at the museum, yeah. we're here, we're that. there. Right. Did you see the story that came out of France where the French legislature is trying to pass laws that say you cannot post pictures of your children online oh. uh, because they technically cannot consent. Yeah, they can't right. consent. That's like, um, like I, I have, you know, Facebook friends and they'll put, post pictures of their son, like, saying something really funny or dancing, I'm, but they don't know what this is. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they like, and, and me, I'm selfish. Like, when I'm doing something with my daughter, that's for me. Mm-hmm. Right. This is my time. You know, like, and I don't want to be so busy fiddling with my phone that I miss something. And I just went. My daughter just was in a play uh, last week, and I, you know, and I went uh, Friday night. I was floored by how many, dude, how many parents were with their phone, even looking at their tablet. I'm like, how are you? Like, why don't watch the damn play? Why, like, like, really, like, we uh, we posted on the IT and the D page. We posted the uh, meme. Um, Hey, let's pull up and watch the video of the fireworks that I recorded last year on my phone. Said no one ever. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's, it's the same it's like, thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, Louis C.K., you know, my, one of my favorite comedians, he has a great joke about this. He was at a daddy-daughter dance. Everybody's dancing with their daughters. Most of the dads like this in front of their little girl trying to dance with her. I'm like, you got the phone in front of you, pointing mm-hmm. it at your little girl. You're at a daddy-daughter dance. Dance with her. Yeah. She's looking up at a phone, not at her dad. Like, See, know. my experience with daddy-daughter dancers is completely different. Um, <laughs> it's uh, very much my daughter saying, here's my shoes. I'm going to go dance with my friends. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I'm out. There's <laughs> <laughs> that, too. But, yeah, again, those, those intimate moments that, you know, in the past, we didn't take for granted. We definitely are taking for granted. We think, um, of course, we want to cherish those memories, but I think it's so much, so, so much better to have that actual... Like be in the moment. Yep. You know, you can't 
the, the video won't reflect how that moment was. Well, so like one of the things I did, and I did it for both my kids, um, is I created a Gmail account for them. Uh, and whenever I do take you know photos or stories or snippets or that kind of stuff, I email it to that account. And when they hit like 13, 14, 15, I'll, I'll give them the password. Oh. You know, and then they you know they've got that. You know, so like it's yeah. not. You know, I'm not posting it every day on like you know, but but it's it's for them. Yeah. You know, and so it's yay. I mean, that's you know, that's one way to handle it. Yeah, because I guess we don't have any uh, any of the picture books anymore with our you know family right. pictures. You know, that's kind of obsolete now. <laughs> yeah, you know, you see yeah. the tables with the you know with the with the with the uh, glass laminate where you got all the yep. pictures of uncle, mama, un- yep. uh, you know, all that. You don't really have that anymore. Yeah. Now it's all in this. You know what's nuts, man? This I, I'm, I'm sorry to sidetrack, but this this blew my mind. So my son is seven, um, and he came out and was he came outside to talk to me and was just losing his mind um, about this thing he had to have. And I was like, "What?" He's like, "Dude, he's like, Dad, my friend McKenna, she has this camera, and and you push a button, and then a piece of paper pops out, and then you shake the piece of paper, and then suddenly it's the picture." I'm like. Uh, it's it's oh, Polaroid. Right. Polaroid. Uh, right. I'm like, is this 1974? <laughs> what what the hell is going on right now? But like that's oh, the, that's goodness. all the rage. And so like my daughter's birthday was, re- I bought her one, and they're going nuts with it. I'm telling you. So I mean, maybe the maybe the I don't know, maybe the film industry will be saved. Right. You know? <laughs> there's always a hipster subgroup to certain things too. Like you know, there's people that just for the sake of style walk around with you know cassette players, mm-hmm. Walkmans. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think history. I mean, history will does repeat itself in certain definitely in, in many ways, and that, that's one of those. I think uh, since you're, ch- I mean, he's only seven, so he never got the experience, you know, life outside of just having phones, and so I think that's something that's definitely new and fresh to him. And I mean, to us, it's obviously something. Oh, we we've had those back in the day, but that's I, I'm kind of curious how that's going to be in the future, like in the next twenty, thirty years. The new things, the, the new things that come out are like, oh, we had that, you know, back in nineteen ninety three. Well, and that's and that's what I'm stressing with my kids yeah. is, you know, I mean, I do, I, I have our internet locked down. It it will only allow their devices online certain hours of the day, mm-hmm. um, because I do, I want, dude, go out, play with your friends, yeah. get outside, yeah. get off the couch, stop, because I am, I'm the overindulgent dad. They have mm-hmm. Switch, Xbox, blah, blah, all the toys and things, yeah. but, but go outside. Go. Yeah, they, used, they used to uh, p- push that on Nickelodeon. You know, I remember in the summertime I used to sit and watch my SpongeBob. They say, "All right, you get an hour of play. Go the outside, day, yeah, the day <laughs> play." Yep. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. now, like I remember when I was young, like the cartoon channels, like they would play like adult stuff, adult shows. But now Disney Junior is twenty four hours, mm-hmm. and all these other like kids channels they're twenty four hours a day. Right, they expect right. the kids to be up at two in the morning watching. Right, they uh, got they got the Nick at Night thing. They used to have that where it'd be like, okay, well, if kids don't want to watch this stuff, they can go to bed, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, though that twenty four hour thing is really handy because now when my kids wake up at three in the morning for no apparent reason, <laughs> um, they can just go down to the living room and turn on the TV instead of coming in the bedroom and waking. <laughs> right, so, I mean, that's, sleep. that's that. There's a positive there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and ultimately, it's all about, you know, childhood. You remember those moments where you're having fun and, you know, enjoying yourself. I don't remember when I was, you know, sitting and I was watching television that much. It was, and so it was one of those things where like, we need the kids to actually enjoy being a child because they're trying to grow up so fast. You know, they're trying to emulate you know, these adults and they're going to miss out on some of the most critical and, and fun years of their lives trying to be adults. Right. You know, it's like you, you take a kid to a lake house, to, you know, have, have like family fun. They ask, is there Wi-Fi here? I'm like, what? Yeah. What like, you need Wi-Fi for? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, I, get, I get shocked like every time my daughter is like somewhere. She's like, "What's the Wi-Fi password?" <laughs> like, you're six. <laughs> like, 
Oh man, this this has been um, a pretty interesting conversation. I mean, it went a lot of ways, but <laughs> I just love how again it all incorporates the one aspect, and that is social media. You know how that affects our lives. Um, I mean, what are, what are some of y'all closing statements that you may have regarding, you know, how we can either balance social media with with mental health or just um, maybe any insight you may have in terms of what you want to leave people with. You know, I think the term stay woke is just a complex statement within itself because it, the, the term itself arose from social media, a place where you can be woke and also be delusional. Mm-hmm. So there's a limit to how woke you can be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just believe, you know, um, sure, stay, stay woke. But um, the thing is, you know, just be aware of what you're being woke of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I guess I guess that's what I would close out of. What about you? I just, uh, I, I guess, self awareness is key. Like when you read something, and it affects your mood in a negative way. Like, don't be afraid to cut out the fluff. Like, mm-hmm. just if, like, like you can use the Facebook feature to unfollow that person, but still be friends with that person. Or, you know, you can just, you know, limit your time on all these other social media websites if it um, affects your mood like negatively. Or you can, you know, look to use social media in a more positive way like because there's you know there's learning tools on twitter youtube and and facebook so yeah just um just make just be self-aware and don't be afraid to cut out the fluff okay okay definitely um stop being nosy (laughs) 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 kind of live your own life um teach your kids to live their own lives and you know (laughs) just stay out of people's business all the time um, don't every, put it out there. Yeah, don't I'll put it out there either. Yeah, don't put out crazy stuff about yourself because you know it's going to be there ten years later. Right. <laughs> and um, you know, just you know, just kind of get rid of the, you know, minimize it. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to get rid of it. Minimize it. Minimize it. Yeah, and I think mine will fall into that too as well. Create balance. Balance is important. I mean, you can't flood your entire life with, um, you know, social media. I mean, read a pick up a book. <laughs> read a book some day, some days. You know, try to alternate uh, what you put into your mind. Cause, I mean, it's just like what you what you eat. Whatever you put into your body, sort of becomes you become that. And so, even with social media, try not to sort of digest too much of it and a lot of too much of the, the wrong information. And more so, try to balance that out with um, you know just enjoying life, enjoying the moments, and you know reading and having fun and just putting down the cell phones and you know. Tablets and, and, and computers. And if somebody's getting beat up, don't pull out your camera. <laughs> yeah, help. Start right. recording it. Yeah. Right. Help. help the person. Help the person. Stop the please. fight. So Stop Dave, the fight. Dave, what would you say? What, what would be some uh, some 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 tips or, or, or advice you would give in terms of social media? Everything in moderation. You know, and 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 again, know your demographic. You know, pay attention. You know, it, it's not. It shouldn't be about numbers. It, it's just like life. Yeah. You know, you have you have a lot of acquaintances. You mm-hmm. probably have very few friends. True. Um, and apply that rule to social media. Hey, y'all, this has been a great episode. I want to thank you all for being here. We got Anthony, Shana, Aaron, and Dave. And so, uh, again, this is the seventh episode of Can We Talk? And we will talk to you all next week. You know the devil. Beast by Supremo for all of my people, Negroes and Latinos.